Welcome to Vision is More Than 2020, a podcast aimed at talking about your vision, your eyes, and how they play a role in overall visual and systemic function. Dr. Zolnicki and Lakowski, with the help of various guests, will work to help you understand more about your visual system and all the pieces to the vision puzzle. This episode is brought to you by Our Visual Brain. Our Visual Brain is a perceptual and academic skill building platform doctors and patients use together. We have been utilizing this web-based platform during both our in-office and teletherapy sessions and have seen great engagement and progress in our patients from their activities. The website is comprised of 50 plus game series with well over 200 activities that are made with direct input from both vision therapists and doctors. They cover basic to advanced skill levels and have innovative anti-suppression and MFBF activities. Their ability to support diverse learning styles for all ages makes working on perceptual and academic skills fun and engaging for patients. OVB packs a ton of value into their packages because they want you to help as many patients as you can. Sign up for the most popular option, the Clinic Plus account, which provides unlimited use of their entire library, and they will throw in 25 free annual home programs. Visit their website at www.rvisualbrain.com to learn more. Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode of Vision is More Than 2020. We have a different sport today than our traditional ball and bat sports. We are going to be talking about all things gaming and esports related. And we have a really exciting guest and he has touched every part of the esports realm. So he's going to be so wonderful to speak to and get his take on all of this. But before we do that, we want to talk to you guys for our weekly insight about how to care for your eyes while you're gaming. In our conversation with Travis, it really came up that most gamers are gaming for 8, 10, 12 hours, and that sustained visual attention and visual demand is really unique to the gaming community because every other sport, it really is finite. Most games are an hour, hour and a half, but if you are gaming for hours and hours and hours, that's really taking a toll on your eyes and your visual system. So we wanted to highlight just a few things as a gamer that you can do to really preserve your visual system and your eyes. So the first thing that we wanted to talk about, taking visual breaks. Visual breaks don't have to be long, but by breaking your attention after a little bit of time, say 20 minutes or 30 minutes, and just looking away for 30 seconds and coming back, maybe in a transition in the game, and making that break not from your screen, your phone, or something of that nature, it really gives this the visual system some time to reset and give a break that it needs. So that's something to be really conscientious of while you're gaming is to just break your focus just for a quick second and come back. The second thing that we really want to highlight is gamers are a very unique group of individuals because they are spending so much time in front of a device and they are at the highest risk for blue light exposure because of the amount of time that they are there. Now, oftentimes people will have, they have their regular life expectations to be in front of a device, right? Whether it be for school or for work, and then they're spending eight, 10 hours on top of that in front of a device. So these people are spending a majority of their time getting exposed to that blue light. And as you guys know, the research with blue light is varied, but the one repeatable thing is that blue light can negatively affect our sleep cycles. It affects how easily we fall asleep, how deep we sleep, and then how readily we wake up. And if 
our gamers are gaming at nighttime, they when they do shut off the console or shut off their PC, it's going to be really difficult for them to fall asleep because of all of that blue light exposure. So we are a really big proponent for blue light blocking glasses. And as we've said before, and you can click on our blue light blocking episode that we've recorded in the past to really delve into this topic. But with the blue light blocking glasses, not all of them are created equal. And full disclosure, I am a consultant for Gunner glasses, but I am a consultant with them for the main reason that their lenses are patented and well studied and they aim to really reduce all of the negative effects of being in front of a computer not just blocking the blue light so we are a huge proponent for wearing these blue light blocking glasses especially when you're gaming great tips dr z now one thing i want to highlight to add in too is to make sure that you're taking care of the surface of your eye when you're on screens for such a long time like gamers are when you're on screens a big side effect is your blink rate goes down and blinking is very important for the front surface of your eye i like to equate your upper lid to almost like a windshield wiper so every time you blink it helps bring fresh tears down and if you're not blinking as often as you need to, your eye is going to dry out, uh, no matter if you have the healthiest ocular surface in the world. Uh, so these gamers are really susceptible to a lot of ocular dryness throughout their e-gaming. And one quick tip that you can do to try to mitigate that is to use rewetting drops. Keep them you know, right next to you, throw those lubricating drops in before you start playing, certainly when you finish, and then try a couple of times throughout your gameplay as well, and that can really make a big difference. And then in general, just really taking care of yourself both while e-gaming and on your off time too. Make sure you're really taking that break from your screen, making sure you stay hydrated, making sure you're eating well and, and sleeping well on your off time can really just help you have that stamina and visual endurance that you need while you're playing those games. I really love that holistic approach, Dr. L, that you talked about, that it's not just about when you're gaming, but really taking it into account your overall health so that you can be performing your best because esports is no different than any other sport, right? You wouldn't have a football player that cr- likes to crush soda and eat sugary snacks all day because that would negatively affect how he would be able to perform on the field. And it's the same thing for a gamer, even though they're sitting static in a chair, their brain and their overall function is negatively affected by things that aren't healthy for them. So I really love that tip. So now let's introduce our guest, and we are so excited today to be joined by two guests on this episode. We are going to be joined once again by Dr. Jeff Klosterman. He recorded a previous episode with us that you should definitely check out, and he's a little bit unique in that he's an optometrist, uh, but he also has founded a separate sports vision training and consulting business outside of his practice called Mind. He also works for the company Synaptic as their international and national director of sales and sports performance. He also has found Virtuous, a concierge service for all things from agent discussions to branding and marketing for professional athletes. And then we are also going to be joined by Travis Cochran. He is a mainstay in the esports realm. He is an esports athlete with a long list of accolades, most notably ranking first in the world for sniping in Battlefield 4. He now serves as a television producer and showrunner at Esports Network. He is also at the forefront of vision training, where he was the first esport athlete to undergo intensive neurostimulation training with NeuroTracker technology and played an integral role in the business development of synaptic technology. Welcome back to the podcast, Dr. Klosterman, and welcome to the podcast, Travis. 
Uh, so Travis, I just want to give you a chance to kind of introduce yourself to everyone listening and give us a little background about your esports journey and how you got so involved in e-gaming. Yeah, uh, my name is Travis Cochran. And yeah, so currently I am the executive producer for a network called Esports Network, and I'm responsible for all the, the programming, uh, the content creation, and the production of all the shows and series out there. Uh, currently producing a series called The Gamer Hour, which is a late night show, but for all things gaming esports. And we have Chris Puckett, the, you know, the renowned esports broadcaster, uh, as our host for the show, which is really exciting. Um, so yeah, so, so before that, I guess I could just, I guess we can start like from the get go. So uh, really, it, since I was a little kid, I was into video games, my, uh, my parents actually would not allow me to have a video game console because they thought I'd be playing video games all day, ironically. And, uh, and so I ended up turning my computer PC into my gaming PC. And uh, that's, that's how I started uh, getting into it. And but yeah, and I, so I started off on PC playing the original Call of Duty, the original Medal of Honor, the original Battlefield, Battlefield 1942. Uh, and that's what kind of, you know, kicked it off for me. And I just go over to a friend's house to play console. But and to me, to me, I'm like, oh, console is such a cool thing as a kid. But later on, I realized like PC is where it's really at. And uh, and then it was in college at US when I was at USC uh, in the, when I was in the film school and in Annenberg, the broadcasting school where I was still playing uh, video games a lot and that's where i was i was every every time i get out of class i just go and grind 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 on a game particularly called uh, black ops 2 and uh, i got my very first console as the xbox 360 uh when i was a junior at usc and uh that's where i i fell in love all over again and uh i, I started playing just crazy hours into call of duty black ops 2 and then i started playing uh competitively in different um in different matches through game battles in mlg and then I rose the ranks, and then I did. I placed. Uh, I placed second in the uh, Masters League uh, of League play uh, in the world. So that's what kind of initially just kind of you know put me on the map of competitive stuff. Uh, and then after that, uh, after Call of Duty Black Ops Two came Call of Duty Ghosts, which was uh, kind of like the downward, the start of the downward spiral for the franchise. And so I left COD, went over to Battlefield, and then I played in a couple. I played in several of the um, ESL tournaments put on through Battlefield Four. Uh, so I played on the tournaments through there and, um, and yeah, and Battlefield 4 was like my, I, I poured over count, like I have over 2000 hours in that game and uh, I poured so many ridiculous amount of time into it. And um, I was number six in the world for a while for sniping in BF4. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to stay at number six. There's no way I can get up to the, to the high ranks. And then I started, um, that's where uh, my vision training stuff came into play. Uh, I met this company out in San Diego called Neurovision, and uh, they trained me on the NeuroTracker. And uh, but they had a different, unique blueprint on how to train that no one. So uh, they started me putting me through this training, and um, yeah, just after training, it was just only a couple weeks. Uh, time was slowing down. Uh, I, I, it was weird. It's like you gained a superpower. And um, not only that, if you looked at my actual results from training on the, the NeuroTracker and then in-game, the actual result, results in-game and the results that I was receiving in NeuroTracker were proportionally going up at the same time. And it was bizarre. And it was crazy. And when I would play, it's all of a sudden, it's like before, like when I see somebody, before they can even get the gun up to shoot, I've already shot, killed, and moved on to the next guy. And my processing speed increased. My reaction time, it was like, I could, I could process stuff so rapidly. Uh, and it was, it was, it's like, it's, it was freaky. And it just overall, it felt like the game was slowing down. Uh, like I felt like I, I could control, I, I felt like I could control everything that I was seeing all at once and then process what I'm going to attack when, where, and who. 
And um, yeah, it was, it was absolutely wild. So I started going through that and um, I quickly rose through the ranks and the whole company that was training me. And, uh, and these guys don't train just average Joes. They train formula one drivers. They train like, you know, people like Roman Grosjean, they train people like Lance Stroll. Uh, so they, they train some of the top people in the world professional wise. They, tra- they train NFL players, uh, um, NBA players. And then I met, and, and there was a bunch of people out in Switzerland. It was a Swiss-based company flying out, and uh, and I and I talked to one of these, and they said, "You're in the top three of the whole company in terms of performance. Uh, you alongside the Formula One guys." So it was esports and F1 are like the two two rapid, you know, brain sports, I guess. And if you think about it, it kind of makes sense because we're sitting in a you know we're sitting in a chair, they're sitting in a chair. It's like we're we're like I'm holding a controller or a, a keyboard and mouse, and they're holding you know a, a, you know a wheel with a bunch of buttons on it. So uh, it kind of makes sense uh, why why those two would be like the fastest um, you know the fastest sports and whatnot. Uh, then shortly after that, uh, I then um, got approached by somebody who uh, out in Switzerland who's starting a new company. He tried to buy that company, didn't work, uh, but he wanted to start uh, a new esports team. And then so I, I moved over to Switzerland. Uh, I lived there for a bit, and uh, yeah, we started to build out this esports, um, uh, this esports team out there. Uh, and then living in Geneva was incredible. I actually got to meet some of the top neuroscientists in the world, and uh, I got to meet them. And they, they, I sat with them, talked to them, and um, and these are people who gave like TED talks to to the world and have millions of views. And uh, yeah, they're telling me it's like, no, your brain. And I told them the same story I just told you guys about the Formula One drivers, you know, being not the same. And she and she's like, no, 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 no. It's like you guys are processing stuff way more rapidly than any F1 driver. It's like you're you're taking it, you're trying your brain trying to take in 240 frames per second, uh, right. where they're they're just dealing with with real life. So, uh, yeah. So I I then uh, st- we we started that esports team, and then we decided to move the headquarters out in Vegas. Moved out to Vegas, and I was helping uh, run a team at the same time. Then uh, we then started doing a collaboration with Synaptic, uh, and so that's when I started to train under uh, Synaptic's gear. Flipped to Oregon, met uh, met the owners out there who are fantastic, and uh, yeah, started training with the Strobes. Yeah, so long story short, I have been through so much vision training. Like I was pretty much the first esport athlete to ever undergo intensive neurostimulation training, and I've trained not only with the NeuroTracker, Synaptic, RideEye, FitLight, CognitiveView, uh, you name it. I've done everything under the sun. You've done it. Now, yeah. before you got involved with NeuroTracker, did you ever think about your eyes while you were video gaming? Like, did you ever think about it or no? Uh, so I was completely skeptical uh, when I when I first did my right before I did my first session there they the the people in Santa Monica they're like this is going to change your game blah, blah blah and I was like and in my head I'm thinking there's no way you're going to make me a better player because it's like I'm already number six in the world like how are you going to how are you going to improve me and sure enough uh, and I didn't say this yet in front of the story but yeah they brought me to number one in the world so uh, through through the training that I went through and um, and what's incredible too it's like we they have the uh, the astral statistics to show like that you know as I, as I my trajectory went up so too like my kill death ratio my accuracy percentage my headshot percentage everything just went went up it directly proportionate uh, right. to to actually my scores uh, I actually had a good starting point from um, where I started off with the, with the NeuroTracker and then where I went off though it's like um, they were studying and they were pouring in all the data from Switzerland and they could see it's like my brain was constantly finding solutions to problems of how right. to, how do it like there would be, you know, as the speed kept getting harder and harder on the huge screens, like what was I going to do to improve? So, but yeah, I kept tr- always finding new solutions in my brain. Like, like I, visually I would paint the balls a different color. Uh, so right. there's all these different techniques, uh, but yeah. 
it's interesting that you said that you didn't think like you were skeptical because I feel like a lot of athletes feel that way. They're like, I'm performing. And this is not just for esports, but this is across the board. And that this is really our message that we're trying to get out is that their athletes do typically function visually at higher level than average to begin with, but there's always room for improvement because vision is a learned process. And that's really what we're trying to discuss and get the word out about is it's not vision therapy. It's really vision enhancement when we're dealing with athletes like you and in the esports realm, which is so exciting. And you're the perfect case study for that. So let's talk a little bit about the, um, the umbrella of visual skills to be successful for an esports player. So from your uh, standpoint, and Jeff, you can hop in or Travis, you can hop in. What do you think are the most success, the, the most uh, necessary skills to be successful as an esports player? Oh my gosh. Well, everything on the, I think the synaptic is, is pretty much touches on what the esport athletes are like, what we're going through, except I, I would take out uh, obviously depth perception because depth perception really doesn't play a factor into what we're doing. We're just looking at a you know, a, a screen. Um, so, I mean, I, that's really not a factor I, a near far shift. I wouldn't say, but everything else, like, um, um, I'd say from like visual clarity, visual acuity, uh, spatial awareness, uh, reaction time, um, go, no, go, especially go, no, go, especially friendly fires on, uh, that, that comes into really, really handy. So, um, and then, yeah, uh, perception span, uh, even though we're on, you know, 24, 27 monitors, it's still, you got to be able to uh, you know, make, make your judgment there. Um, yeah. So I'd say pretty much every visual skill that, um, that's pretty much covered through synaptic, uh, is a good example, but it, you know, obviously take out the, the depth perception. And also here's another interesting tidbit, different genres of video games require different skills. So for example, uh, a first person shooter for me, I'm more focused on, you know, processing reaction time, reflexes, uh, go, no, go, um, and stuff like that. Whereas um, a, some, a game that's like an RTS, like, like a StarCraft game, like a real-time strategy, uh, those do play into factor, but it's not as strong as a first-person shooter. Where, but in like a RTS game, uh, something like spatial memory would be hugely important to actually know, the, um, you know, it's especially in a cloud of war to know, okay, there's troops here, they've moved over here. It, and it's kind of like knowing the terrain of a map, you know, so uh, different genres, uh, different genres require different skills for, for gaming. But um, I was honed in on particularly just just one genre, um, but still enjoy recreationally some, uh, some other games. Yeah, I think that explanation is really wonderful. And you can see from just your discussion, your experience that video games really do play a role in a lot of visual skills. And going back to what you said before, that your parents didn't want you to necessarily have a game console, but look at how wonderful video games can be for your visual system because they really require so many different aspects of your visual skills to be in place and intact and working well while you're playing. They can actually really help your visual system while you're, you're playing. And I, I really love that e-gaming is being recognized as a sport and um, getting this recognition that it really, really needs and getting it out there. The video games are not bad. They can actually be really good for your eyes. And I, I think you're coming from your perspective where you went through this vision training and took those really great visual skills you had as a really good player and enhanced them. That really took you from being the great player that you are to being the best and the elite. Um, talk a little bit about how the esports programming on synaptic technology is a little different than for other sports. Yeah. So traditionally, I mean, gamers would just grind, 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 and practice, practice, practice together. But uh, it's it's becoming more developed and more sophisticated now. 
uh, a lot of teams are going in and um, I, I, I met with teams out in London, Paris, um, game developers in Amsterdam, and then uh, teams out in LA. And it's like, it's getting more sophisticated now where they're trying to take a holistic approach to where, you know, it's not just, you know, you, you'd have your practice session in, but you also, there's nutrition, there's, there's, uh, there's physical training, there's the diet, there's, um, you know, sleep they monitor your sleep. So it's like, and that's what one of the things that we were really doing is that it, trying to push forward is that we were trying to take this holistic approach where it's like, we were, it's like full three, 360 degrees. It's like, we wanted every aspect of your life to be, you know, in tuned in line uh, to, to achieve your best performance. Uh, and so in regards to the actual training, yeah, there's still practice sessions and there are a bunch of gamers and that are in gamer houses or in gaming teams. And the, the, the teams kind of just don't care. It's like, you know, just grind, grind, grind. Uh, but on the other hand, you do have the, the more, I'd say like the Ferraris of the esports, where like, they really do care about the intricacies of, you know, their health and, and kind of like their, their physical well-being and everything that, that goes into, into play. So, uh, you will have like a time allotted out for, um, for training. Uh, and then typically, uh, you go through scrimmages, you'll practice with other teams to get better. You'll even go through your own training. Uh, and then also you'll have review footage. So just like you see, like, you know, what the, what the NFL guys and everything would go through of like sitting back and watching last week's game of what they did wrong. It's the same thing. So we, we would sit down and go through footage of, you know, the, the, the last tournament or match that we played in. Uh, and even if we won or lost, doesn't matter. You go through and see, you know, what changes need to be made to, to, to get better, to, to do better. Uh, my philosophy was always, you know, if I died once, I did something wrong. So, um, exactly. So, yeah, you typically go through a whole, it's a whole regiment usually. But that being said, it's like, like I said, you have those high-end esport teams, and then you have, like, the teams who are like, just do whatever you want. And gamers literally wake up at whatever time, and then they grind for eight to ten hours. And that, and that used to be me. When I first started, when I was playing, when I was playing uh, BF4, like, like religiously, I would go for 10 to 12 hours a day, every day. And I literally have, it was such an unhealthy lifestyle. Not only was going playing that long, like uh, by the end of the, like the 11th or 12th hour, my brain was just totally drained. And uh, I would just have uh, sour candy, Doritos, Mountain Dew. And it was the most unhealthiest thing ever. And I was so like, very oh. stereotypical gamer is what you're yeah. saying, right? Yeah. I, I was, it was, it was terrible, terrible, terrible. And I was like, wait, and I was, and I was, I was overweight. It, it was bad. Uh, and then, um, then as of like two years ago, and um, I went on this really healthy ketogenic diet, high fat, low carb diet. And then I lost a bunch of weight. I do intermittent fasting. I monitor my sleep, make sure I'm getting at least uh, eight to nine hours a day. So, and then all of a sudden it's like your energy levels and everything else. Um, it, it changes for the better, which then improves your gaming performance. Right. It's all connected. I always say to my patients that eating well, sleeping and getting enough and drinking enough water are the keys to really feeling good. Even though they are the simplest things to do, they are also the hardest things to consistently do for everything. So Dr. Klasmerin, I have a, a specific question about the synaptic technology and esports. Do you, when you're working with an esports athlete, do you train them differently on the synaptic technology than say a football player? Do you, how do you program their, their session differently? Uh, so kind of like Travis alluded to, it depends on what game they're playing and the skills in that game. You know, um, of course, you guys know as as practitioners, you know, any athlete kind of undervalues until they have that epiphany, their visual system. You know, they think if what they see is okay and clear and they're 2020, they think that's about it. And that's where it kind of drops off. And so I think the first part is educating the, the client, educating the athlete, you know, 
this is how our visual system works. You know, those, those 10, 12 hour days sitting three feet from a screen are not good for your visual system. You know, your eyes dry out, your eyelid muscles droop and sag because they can't hold your eyelids open that long. You're, you're, um, you're, everything constitutionally is not good sitting there for that long. So, so I think wrapping all that into the front end on the education is important. And then once you know what their game is, um, once you have a baseline assessment, you know, trying to find any areas that they may be deficient in. Like, like Travis said, if they're having a problem with um, first person shooter games and the reaction time on the assessment is really poor, that's a really strong link of, of something we need to target right away. You know, so I would program those types of skills and those types of training modules in first, you know. Um, if it's something simple where they're just not seeing very well, well, maybe they need an eye exam, they need better daily disposable contacts, you know, maybe they, they need um, lubricant tears during some sessions, you know, so it, it's kind of custom tailored to each athlete. Um, but the programming will fall right in line with what their eye exam, their, you know, neurocognitive visual assessment on the Synaptic and other tools, you know, kind of lead, lead the path. And then your training program, what exactly does that look like? Is there a typical duration for your training enhancement? And then are you working with these athletes throughout their career? Is there maintenance therapy involved? What does your typical therapy program look like? It'll depend on if it's a local athlete or if it's a remote athlete, you know, so, so somebody like Travis, for example, you know, I met him years ago in Las Vegas when he was working with that E-team. We've become good friends and, and stay in touch. So there are there are things that I know about him and through some of his assessment that I could help guide remotely. You know, he can have access to um, a Synaptic app on his own personal iPad or tablet and still do per, uh, visual perceptual skills, visual search skills, visual search tasks, um, because our software is always improving. Our, our modules are always, you know, being added to. I think we actually just dropped a new uh, split attention feature. Travis, that might be news to you. Split attention feature to our... Um, training software yesterday i think the email just went email blast went out yesterday so um so there are things you can schedule remotely you can you can guide them on like you said sleep diet um using strobes in tasks that might not be video game specific but strobe eyewear and and kind of the really fascinating thing with that is you can add strobe eyewear in you know four sessions a week 10 15 minutes a session on pretty much any visual task and you'll see these other skills improve. So I've had people just walk around the house and do their morning stretches and fill up their coffee wearing strobe eyewear, which is just a very basic task, but it's stimulating that visual system because we're interrupting the signal, you know? So there's those things you can do remote. If I have somebody local, um, you know, there's a lot of college esports teams here. I'm in Lexington, Kentucky area. So University of Kentucky just opened a brand new, beautiful esports facility. Uh, local college down the road, Campbellsville, Harrodsburg has one. So those types of athletes, I can actually do training on my own system, you know, a few times a week. Uh, and same thing, I can prescribe um, training on their own app or their own tablet. Wonderful. So now, Travis, do you still actively do eye training? Uh, not as much as... I can't anymore. Yeah. I, You're I, done. No, no, no. Like I, I, I still have access to, you know, with my strobes and everything, but uh, I just haven't because uh, I've been traveling back and forth between New York and, and Vegas so much and just producing the show. So, yeah. <laughs> and do you, and it's interesting, right? Because you've kind of worn every hat in the esport industry, right? You've gone from player to 
owning a team to now producing this. And do you find that your visual skills that you've learned, and Dr. Lakowski alluded to this a little bit, that the skills that you learned and the skills that, and your visual skills that were improved upon, do you feel the crossover now in your professional life that you're able to do things better because of the visual skills that you gained? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, just, just the way that I process information on a daily basis. Yeah. And, and it's too, it's like my, my brain kind of like categorizes things, especially kind of like with, with the high volume workload I, that I do now it's, it's go, go, go. And so I'm a, a, able to really uh, digest it, chop into pieces of my brain and be like, we're going to attack this, 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 just like you do in a first person shooter. It's all, it, you know, it's just like in the same way of like, what's, what's the biggest problem. We're going to take that out first. And, but yeah, it's kind of like rewired my brain and how I um, really, really process all everything. So yeah. yeah, it's kind of cool. I wrote this article for Gunner, uh, the blue light blocking company about the, uh, the benefits of gaming, because like Dr. L had said, people, especially parents are like, do not do it. It's terrible for you. And really, we have to think about gaming in moderation, just like everything, anything in your life is, and I always say this is my life philosophy, everything in moderation, good things, bad things, everything in moderation, but video games, well placed and done in the right way can really enhance your vision, your visual skills. And that transits over to academic and professional success because you can, you need those percept, the perceptual skills required to be a great gamer are the perceptual skills needed to be good at life as well. Now let's wrap this up with Travis. What three tips do you have for esports players in regards to their vision? Oh my gosh. I would say start training like visually uh i mean it, it's 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 huge like i if anything i'm like the first kind of guinea pig that went through it and i saw the incredible results and i'm a total convert so i was completely skeptical this is this isn't going to work what is this i'm already you know the top one of the top players and then i went through it and it totally just rewires your brain to be able to process and by the way it's going to give you so much more of a you know a competitive edge over anyone you're playing against and so this is uh, really, vision and cognitive performance training is the holy grail of esports. It really is. And if you want to be uh, at, at your pinnacle best of what you, and that's the thing, it's like your pinnacle best, you don't even know until you go through this. Uh, and and that's, that's, that's what happened with me. So once you do go through that and, and experience, you're going to be seeing performance results that you never thought were even possible. And so I'd say, yes, invest into vision, uh, cognitive performance training, neurostimulation training, whatever you want to call it. That's the future of esports in terms of performance wise. And uh, any team or organization that invests their money there, you're, you're putting into very, very wisely. And so um, I'd say, yeah, get, get, get on a program or something, go reach out to you, Jeff, <laughs> or anyone who's, um, you know, who's, who's actually in this world, because this is where it's going. Wonderful. And so now, Travis, where can our listeners find you? And then Jeff, when he's done, let them know where they can find you and all of the different things that you're doing. <laughs> so Travis, you first, where can our listeners find you and keep up with you and what you're up to? Cool. Yes. Go, uh, go check out the Gamer Hour, which is our brand new uh, series uh, here out in, uh, we're shooting out a Reuters studio in Times Square, New York City. Um, I'm right across from ABC, Good Morning America, CBS, and all the big boys. Uh, but yeah, go check out uh, the Gamer Hour. We're trying really, really well. And um, we'll be here on Amazon Prime here soon. So really excited for that. And then um, yeah, go check out Esports Network. Uh, we have a bunch of other programming coming up, including a, a big reality TV series following uh, some gamers in a huge house. Uh, that's going to be revealed here uh, very, very soon. Uh, and then also uh, another show we have coming up uh, with some Green Berets versus some NFL guys. So stay, stay tuned for that. Uh, and vision training comes into 
all of this, by the way, uh, especially with what we're doing. So yeah, so stay connected to Esports Network. You could also find me on my socials. So uh, Instagram and Twitter are both Travis underscore Cochran underscore all for my social media. So Instagram, Twitter, Travis underscore Cochran underscore. Wonderful. And where can our listeners find you, Dr. Klosterman? Uh, so same thing, you know, on, on social, you know, most of my professional eye doctor stuff, if, as shall we call it, is Dr. K Performance Vision or Klosterman Eye. Um, if we're talking my sports vision, neurocognitive, neuroperformance training, that's Mind Sports, M-E-Y-E-M-D Sports on the same profile uh, platforms. And then, of course, Synaptech, the company that I'm a part of, is at Synaptech on all platforms, um, YouTube, all the other channels. So you can find us everywhere. Thank you so much for both of you joining us this morning and for sharing your knowledge about all things eSports. Thanks for listening. Join our private Facebook group, Vision is More Than 2020, and follow us on Instagram. For additional content, check out our practice, Twin Forks Optometry, on both Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe, download, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Tune in next week to learn more about your vision.